This is Cedar Hills Community Church in Cedar Rapids, Iowa, a place to be loved, a place to belong, and a place to serve. My name is Gary Sager. I am on staff here at Cedar Hills, and this morning I get to deliver the sermon to you. Before we do that, let's, let's pray, though. Heavenly Father, thank you very much for this, this time, Lord. Lord Jesus, we know that where two or more are gathered in your name, you are there also, and we are gathered. We proclaim we are gathered in your name. and We ask for the Holy Spirit just to touch our hearts, Lord, that we would hear the word and we would be able to apply what you teach us, Lord. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, for the last, I don't know, four or five weeks, depending on how you count it, we've been going over the Lord's Prayer. And five weeks ago, Steve opened it up with Our Father in Heaven. And then the next week, he moved on to Hallowed Be Your Name. And two weeks ago, Pastor Ken said, Thy kingdom come. And last week was, Thy will be done. So this week, it's not on earth as it is in heaven, though. He can't cover that last week. This week, I get to talk about Give us this day our daily bread. Now, before I, I jump in and do any uh, scripture reading, before I, I read anything, I want to give a little context where I'm coming from. Um, Matthew, I, I'm, I'm sorry, the, the Lord's Prayer is in two parts of the Bible. It's in Matthew 6 and Luke 11. And today I'm going to come from the Matthew 6 portion of that. And the neat thing about Matthew 6 is that it's in the middle, right in the middle of the Sermon on the Mount. The Sermon on the Mount is Matthew chapter 5 through Matthew chapter 7, and here we have just the heart of it right there, Matthew chapter 6, and the Lord's Prayer is right there. I think that's kind of a neat thing. So this particular um, scripture that uh, I will be talking about today is Matthew six eleven. Give us this day our daily bread. But I'm going to read uh, from a section a little bit earlier. I'm going to read from Matthew 6, chapters five, or verses 5 through 13, because Jesus starts talking about prayer in verse 5, and then he gets into, and this is how you should pray. Uh, before I do the reading, I would like to offer you this blessing. The Lord be with you. So if you do have your Bibles um, or a device, you can do that. Otherwise, it is going to be up here on the screens. um, Follow along as I read Matthew chapter 6, verses 5 through 13. And when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners that they may be seen by others. Truly, I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your Father who is in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask him. Pray then like this, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we have also forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. This is God's word. It is true, and we can rely upon it. 
I'd like to ask a little favor from you all now. If you could turn to your neighbor and tell your neighbor three things that you usually pray about. All right, that's probably enough to talk about three things, huh? Uh, would anybody be willing to share just at least one with me? Family? Yep, yeah. Sue and I, we pray for our children every, every morning when we pray. Uh, we pray for all four of our children. Anything else? Gratitude? For blessing? Yeah. That's good. yeah thank you. Thank you for those that did share. If anybody else has one more, you can do that. Help? Health, yeah, we pray for our health, yeah, thank you. Well, all of these things when we're praying, we're, we're petitioning God for something. We're asking, and the Lord's Prayer is, is no different. It has petitions, and it. it's almost made up fully of petitions. In fact, it has six petitions, and those petitions are broke down into two sets of three. The first of these three petitions focus on our Heavenly Father. We pray to the Father about His name. Hallowed be thy name. We pray to the Father about his kingdom, your kingdom come. And we pray to the Father about his will, your will be done. Then the second three focus on, of petitions focus on us and on others. We pray for provision. Give us this day our daily bread. And that focuses on the here and now, the present, today. We also pray for pardon. Forgive us our debts. That focuses on the past and our sins that we have committed. Please forgive us, Lord. And we pray then for protection. Lead us not into temptation. And actually, uh, as we, what we prayed, what we were reading earlier, it said, uh, protect us even from the evil one. So there's different versions of that, but please protect us in the future from temptation and the evil one. That's a, that's a future prayer. This prayer then is a great model, but it's also just really a great prayer. It packs a lot in. It's, it's small, but it really packs a lot in. It really covers almost every area of our life, our, our provision, our pardon, our protection, and it covers past, present, and future. I think that the verse that I'm about to share with you, Matthew 6, 11, give us this day our daily bread, also covers a lot. It's only seven words, but it sure, it sure packs a punch. If you read it and you meditate upon it, there are many things that you can glean from it. And as I, if I've prepared for this, uh, I've come up with four things that I'd like to share with you today. The first thing, give us this day our daily bread, is that we acknowledge our dependence upon God. The word give. Actually, the first word in the Lord's Prayer, our Father, is like Steve mentioned this, Daddy or Abba, Daddy, please give me my daily sustenance. I think about our grandson, little grandson, he's 20 months old, Leaf, and when he gets, um, he gets hungry and we're babysitting him, he comes into the room and he says, please, please, and do you think I'm going to turn that down? Please, please, the cute little, and of course I give him food, and of course he, he doesn't know how to get it himself, and <clears throat> he expects Grandma or I to give him something. And this is what 
this is what God, I think, offers to us. He offers to come, us to come to him like a child. I think, though, a lot of us, I'm sure nobody here, but a lot of us, uh, we cringe at this because, you know, that other verse that's in Genesis that you'll, you'll get your daily bread by the sweat of your brow. And some people are, will say, nope, I'm not dependent on anything. I've done it myself. It's me that's done it. You know, I, I don't know. I just know that I was thinking about this, that how dependent I was even on people just to, just to get up here for a few minutes. I had to depend on Leah. I had to give her uh, my outline, and she, she created the PowerPoint. I have to depend right now on the sound booth. I, you couldn't hear me if, I, if the sound booth wasn't doing that. So the tech booth, they're, and, they're, and they're moving the slides. I depended on, even this morning, um, Joanne prayed for me. So depending on, depending on so much, Steve and, and Pastor Allen and Pastor Kent gave me ideas for this. And so if I've relied just in the few minutes. I know that in many of your lives you've relied on someone yourself. Somebody gave you a loan. Somebody taught you something. Somebody gave you a break somewhere. So if we're that interconnected and we rely on each other for, for everything, almost anything that we've done, think about how much more we should rely upon God. We need to rely upon God for everything. We can't make it, we couldn't make it one minute without God, let alone one day. Uh, and those of us that think different, we're plagiarizing. As uh, Tim Keller says, that's, he calls it cosmic plagiarism, taking credit for that thing which is, is for God. And, uh, this one Steve Poole gave me, but he said, it's like this. Mary had a little lamb. Guess, guess who came up with that one? Mary had a little lamb. It's me. Right. You know, that's, that's a lie. And that's the same when we try to take credit for that we're in charge and we, we get our own stuff. We are relying upon God. Nothing comes through him. In fact, the Bible says that uh, in him we have our, our breath and have our being. That's in Acts. And in Hebrews and Colossians, it says that Jesus upholds the entire universe. He holds it together. That's pretty big. Holds everything together by his power. If that didn't, didn't occur, kapoof, well, we're gone. Everything we receive, the air, the food, the water, the relationships, is a gift from our Heavenly Father. In fact, just for one second, let's just be mindful of this. Let's just take in a breath. I felt good, but thank you, Lord. That's a gift from our Heavenly Father. That's the first, is that we need to, the first thing that we can learn, I think, to acknowledge that we are dependent upon God. The second thing, give us this day our daily bread. This is an opportunity for us to deepen our compassion for others. You notice that there's give us ours, not me, my. And I do need to, to state something here. The, uh, I started off with, chapter, with verse 5, and in that it does talk about going into your prayer closet in secret. Um, and in many versions it says go alone into your prayer closet. And I do think that God calls us alone often into prayer. There's corporate prayer, but when he's, I think when Jesus is saying this, he's not contradicting himself. We go alone, but what we do when we are alone is that we intercede for the practical needs of others. We're asking blessings. We're asking for what, whatever is going on in our brothers and sisters' lives and in the lives of the world around us. I think also it's a reminder that we are all part of the body of Christ. Paul talks about this in 1 Corinthians 12 where he says 
that one part of the body, the hand, can't say the foot doesn't belong because they're all part of the same body. We need, we're, we're part and we need the, to function wholly. We need each part of the body. And in particular, in, in this, in 1 Corinthians 12, Paul is actually talking about spiritual gifts. Each one of us are given gifts by the Holy Spirit. But these gifts aren't meant to edify ourselves. They're meant to be shared. And they're meant to give to others and build up the whole body. And I think they're here... Jesus, or Paul, in this set part, is saying that we are, part, we are part of one body. We're called to unity with one another. And that's what Jesus is saying, and give us this day our daily bread. But I also think that he is reminding us then to, to share with others. If we have two loaves and our brother doesn't have any, we should give. We shouldn't store that up. Give, and it will be given unto you. In Genesis, God tells Abraham, I have blessed you as a nation I have blessed you to be a blessing to the other nations. I think that's how God works. He blesses us so then that we can, in turn, bless others and build up and give. And the more that we practice those things, the more that we're going to grow in compassion for our fellow brothers and sisters in the rest of the world. The third point that I think that we can learn, something that we can learn from give us this day, our daily bread, is we can affirm God's faithfulness to us for today. Matthew 6, 25 and 26 says, Therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat, what you will drink, nor about your body, what you put on. Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. You know, a little later in Matthew, Jesus talks about, in Matthew 10, he talks about that God's eye is on the sparrow. A lot of you know that, that beautiful song, His eye is on the sparrow, I know he watches me. It, his eye is on the sparrow. And then he, Jesus goes on and says, you're worth much more than many sparrows. We don't need to fear. Our Father will provide for us this day. Imagine the, how the anxiety would melt away if we were really able to focus on just living one day at a time. If we were, could be like the Apostle Paul in Philippians and putting behind that which, that's, which is behind me and moving on and pressing forward into each new day. And if we could literally obey Jesus' command in Matthew 6.34, just a few verses from the one I just read, he tells us, do not worry about tomorrow. Don't worry about tomorrow because tomorrow has enough problems of its own. Jesus is teaching us to focus on this present moment. And why is that? Well, one reason is that we're not promised tomorrow. James tells us that we're but, we're but missed. We're here and then we're gone. And Jesus even tells a parable about a rich, a rich fool. There's a, he's one of those guys that he probably is like, the sweat of my brow, I've done it. And he, he worked hard. And he did accumulate a lot of uh, crop. So much, in fact, that he had to tear down his old barns and he built new ones and he filled those up as well. But here's the attitude then that he had. It, look what I've done. Wow, look at me, what I've done. You know, the future's in my hands. I can sit back, I can eat, drink, and be merry because I've, I've accomplished this. And God said to him, you fool, I'm requiring your life of you today. We don't have tomorrow. 
we have today. This, as Gary, as Gary said when he was up here, this is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. And finally, give us this day our daily bread. Helps us to grow, gives us that opportunity to cultivate and grow our gratitude. If we focus on our daily bread and that, that general simple substance of bread and we're, we practice gratitude towards it, we're guarding our hearts against greed and discontent. Paul says in 1 Timothy that we came into this world with nothing and we leave with nothing. We're not taking it with us. And then he goes on and says, but we should be grateful for their daily bread and the clothes that we have on our back. And this practice of gratitude does help us against discontentment and against comparison. Um, Jesus focused on this simplicity. He said it's daily, daily bread. It's not uh, daily indulgences. It's not daily cake. Focus on what God is giving us and be thankful for that. And his, the Hebrew people sure knew what Jesus was talking about when he talked about bread because bread was a big part of their history. Uh, thinking back into the Exodus, you know, in Exodus, the Hebrew people got out of slavery. They ran away. They miraculously crossed the Red Sea. And it split, and they were able to cross it on dry, as if in dry land. Got across. Pharaoh's army starts chasing them. The water comes miraculously back together, drowns them all. But now here we have the Israelis standing out here, out alone, across the sea, in the desert, in the wilderness, and we're hungry. We're running out of food. And God says, don't worry, I have you covered. I'm going to take care of you today. I'm going to rain down bread from heaven. But only gather enough bread for one day, except for, except for before the Sabbath. Uh, you can you gather two, but every other day, just for one day. And of course, you know, they didn't, not everybody listened. And people tried to gather up bread for two days, and it became maggoty. But God said, I will provide for you each day. But a little later in that story, in the book of Numbers, we have some people, it says some rabble-rousers is what, what my book said, some rabble. They, they get discontent. They compare. They compare to where they used to be back when they were in Egypt. We had meat. And all we, all we have now is bread. And we want meat. And so the people kind of drew, grew discontent. And then God grew frustrated. And he said, okay, if you want meat, I'm going to give you meat. I'm going to give you so much meat that it's going to come out of your noses. And he sent a great wind, and it blew in all these quail. I mean, all these quail. There's, you, if you stood in the middle of the Israeli camp and you walked one day in any direction, you'd be three feet high, is what the Bible says, in quail. And some of the people said, good, we're going to eat this quail. And it says before they were done chewing, God sent a plague. Because he was not, he was not happy about them being ungrateful. God loves a grateful heart. But this bread, this daily bread, is not only the physical. Yes, it does include the physical, but we have an example later on that Moses talks about that there's more. The bread refers to something else that sustains us. Moses, in um, Deuteronomy, now we same group of people, same story, just a little later, they're about to enter the promised land. And as they're in here, Moses, as they're about to enter, Moses reminds him. He said, hey, do you remember when you were out in the wilderness and God humbled you because you didn't have any food and then he fed you? Oh, by the way, he fed them for 40 years and their clothes didn't wear out. 
And that's a, wow, that's a lot of time without clothes wearing out. And uh, he said, but man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of the Lord. So he's telling him, as you're about to enter into this promised land, remember how God took care of you and get God's word and hold on to it. Believe his promises, stand on it, because this is very important. It's the most important thing, even more important than the bread that you eat. And Jesus himself says in Matthew 6.33, to seek first his kingdom, God's kingdom, and all this, what is this? Daily bread and clothing will be added unto you as well. We need to practice gratitude, to continue to cultivate that gratitude. But Jesus, as he often does, talks about, takes this deeper than just these four things. The four things that, uh, let me, I can go over those quickly, those four things where we acknowledge our dependence, deepen our compassion. The, this verse helps us do that. It helps us affirm God's faithfulness for today and it helps us grow in our gratitude. But Jesus, a lot of times when he's talking about physical things, talks about something even deeper. Jesus here is talking about the bread of life. And what is this bread of life? Well, follow along as I read John 6, verses 32 through 35, and we'll find out. Jesus said unto them, I tell you the truth, it is not Moses who is giving you the bread from heaven, but it is my Father who gives you true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Sir, they said, from now on, give us this bread. Then Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me will never grow hungry, and he who believes in me will never be thirsty. I am the bread of life. I am the one, Jesus said, who gives life to the world. Jesus is the true manna, from heaven, he's God's ultimate provision for us. We need daily bread to live, but how much more do we, lead, do we need Christ to live? And in a few minutes, we're going to be celebrating communion. And communion, bread, of course, is part of communion. Jesus said um, at the Last Supper, he said to his disciples, this is my body as he broke the bread, broken for you. And this is my blood poured out as they, he said that about the wine. The bread, though, the, that broke and the, and the wine that was poured out freed us from sin. That's what it did for us. That's what we get to celebrate. We get to look back in remembrance that we are free from sin and death. And then he is the bread of life that comes down. It gives life to the world. We are able to, we have the Holy Spirit in us. We are able to abide, abide in him, in, in the life, share in this life of Christ together, too, as a community. That's, that's a, a beautiful thing. And then we know that one day we'll be with him in that hope. We get to hope and look forward to that. That's what we celebrate when we celebrate communion. And Jesus reminds us of this when he says that, he, when he offers himself and says, I am the bread of life. In fact, he commands us to, to do this every day, to, take, to partake in his bread of life every day. When he tells us in Luke 9, 23, he says, take up your cross and follow me. What does that mean? It means I am this cross. I am this life. 
Give up yourself and live, live new life and follow me. Daily, he is telling us to do that. So these words that we pray when we pray, give us this day our daily bread, can honestly, truly be prayed. Daddy, give us today, Jesus, the bread of life. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we do ask that we receive Jesus, the bread of life today. And we ask as we receive that, that um, our hearts would acknowledge that we are completely dependent upon you, Lord. And that, Lord, we would cultivate gratitude within our hearts um, and love one another. Lord, we know that we can trust you and you take care of us this day. Lord, we thank you. We thank you, Lord Jesus, for being that bread that gives us life. We pray this in your name, Lord. Amen. Thank you for joining us. If you would like to support the ministry of Cedar Hills, visit www.cedarhillscr.org.